It's the electric chair. Foul traffic in dead bodies. Hey there, it's another edition of The Electric Chair. I'm Midnight Corey, your host, and thank you again for listening. Of course, we're on Stitcher Smart Radio, uh, horrorpodcastingalliance.blogspot.com, and spookshow.tv. So check those all out. The links are always up in the show notes. Uh, I got a contest running right now, which is the Spine VHS giveaway. Um, Jason, my friends at uh, Vultra Video, very cool. And uh, this is their first release, and I have three that I'm giving away. Um, or two. Two or three. I think I have three. Yeah, three are <laughs> being given away. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'm going to extend that a little while. Me and Jason were talking. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tack another week onto it so more people can uh, get a chance. Uh, it's really exciting. Um, so, yeah, just let me know if you want to be part of that. Just email me, contact me through the website, however. Oh, let's see. What else is going on? Well, The Walking Dead Season 3 debuts this Sunday night, which is really exciting. For uh, everybody except me, uh, because I have Dish, and the whole AMC thing you know about. They're not carrying AMC, and so the only show on TV that I care about at all is not on TV for me, <laughs> which is awesome. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what it is. However, I am uh, really excited that uh, this week I got uh, The Walking Dead Compendium 2, which is, you know, the big giant, what, 48-issue collection that they put out every, you know, 48 issues. <laughs> and uh, so I've read the first one, like, through and through, like, like, several times now, and I was really excited for the second one because I am way behind in The Walking Dead comic. Which is a shame, because I enjoy it so much. It's just time has not permitted. So, uh, yeah, I got that. Um, it was just released. And actually, this is really cool. My friends at St. Martin's Press, uh, they sent me a, a, a copy of the new Walking Dead novel uh, by uh, Robert Kirkman. And uh, here, let me look this up real quick on uh, Amazon, because they sent me book two, all right, which is great, but uh, I haven't read the, the Rise of the Governor, which is book one. This second book comes out uh, this Tuesday. Here we go. It's The Walking Dead, The Road to Woodbury by Robert Kirkman and Jay Boninsinga. Uh, butchered that name. But uh, anyhow, this is book two, of course. Now, book one, like I said, Rise of the Governor, I haven't read it. Well, uh, I, I pulled it up on Kindle. So uh, I'm going to read Rise of the Governor first and then this, which makes total sense. Um, <laughs> and uh, it comes out October 16th. So you want to pick it up, but thank you to my friends at St. Martin's for sending that along, and I will review that as well. i got so much reading to do, but that's awesome, because reading is awesome. Kids, learn to read. Learn to read. Stay in school, because reading is fun. <laughs> oh, what else this week? What else? Um, I'm really excited to be going to the Erie Horror Film Festival this weekend. Actually, if you're listening to the show right when it comes out on Sunday... I will still be in the middle of going. I plan on going, uh, this is Friday morning, so I'm going to go Friday night, even though it started yesterday. It starts on Thursday. And uh, just because of work and stuff, I, I can never make it on the Thursday. But um, So I'm going tonight, Friday night. I'm going to see as many movies as I can. And then, um, of course, I'll be there hopefully most of the day tomorrow. And uh, then, of course, on Sunday afternoon, there are more movies that are going to be there that I want to see. And, uh, yeah, really exciting, but they have... Um, I guess a lot of Dawn of the Dead, you know, the reunion kind of people, 
and uh, some other, you know, I'm not as excited about the celebrities this year, even though I will, you know, I'll stop by. Kyra Schoen's going to be there, so I'll stop by and say hi to Kyra Schoen, because I've seen her in a million shows now, and she's really, really cool. And uh, so, yeah, but uh, it's going to be fun. I'd like to go to the for the movies. And uh, they're always of such good quality at this festival, you know. I really have never seen a really bad movie there you know there are some that are better than others of course some production wise that are better than others but uh overall they've all been fun at least you know and maybe that has to do with it's at the warner and uh you know do yourself a favor look up the warner theater in erie sometime because it's a really beautiful place and this is where it's held um but uh, there's a lot of history to the place very rich it still has this whole like 20s feel to it and it really i mean they haven't done anything to the place um, since the 20s, as far as redecorating or remodeling stuff, I guess it's uh, been kept up really, really nice, but it's all like this original, original um, woodwork and, and just the way that these big grand theaters were constructed back in the day. Beautiful place, beautiful place. I love seeing it there. So maybe um, some of that enjoyment, it comes from the fact that it's at this really cool Warner and, uh, you know, it's just like being an experience. So it's huge on the screen and yeah, I don't know, but uh, I always enjoy the movies. Uh, looking forward to that. That's at eeriehorrorfilmfestival.com and eerie with two E's. Like, it's spooky. It's eerie. <laughs> and it does. I get creeped out at these things, especially the late night shows, and then I have to go, you know, go walk into my car downtown in the parking garage, and I don't know what is going to jump out at me. Actually, the one year, uh, the first year, I'm going off on this. I'm just rambling this week, but who cares? It needs to be a longer show. Katie Rotz actually complained that my shows aren't long enough anymore, which I agree. I used to put out, like, you know, nine-hour shows or whatever, something close to that. Mm. Coffee. It's early in the morning. Um, so, yeah, um, what was I talking about? I know, Oh, no, the first year that, uh, not the first year, but one of the first years I went to uh, the Erie Horror Film Festival down here was, like, uh, you know, 2007, 2008, maybe 2008, I think. And that's when Colin was showing, and it was actually a Thursday night, but it was a later Thursday night showing of this, so I, I didn't have anything going on. And uh, so I went to see Colin, and I come out, and it's late at night, of course, and uh, I was just rocked by Colin. It's the first time I've ever seen it, of course, in the Warner on the big screen, and it was just amazing. It was amazing, and I came out, I had my little, you know, podcast recorder that I use, and, and I, I was just, like, rambling, rambling on and on about Colin, and uh, all of a sudden, I hear my name called as I'm crossing the street, you know, going to where my car's parked. And here's uh, this whole group of uh, high school kids and um, who happen to know um, some of them because some of them uh, play in bands. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm musical and stuff. So I, I knew a couple of the guys there. And it's this whole group of, you know, teenagers. And uh, they're like, hey, what are you doing? They were just, like, out at a restaurant or something downtown. And I'm like, oh, I just saw a zombie movie. It was Colin. It was really cool. And they had no idea. Uh, what I was talking about. Never did. They all think I'm kind of weird for being so into zombie movies, but uh, yeah. So anyhow, I was I was taken by surprise, you know, late at night by all these teenagers wanting to know about what I'm doing and why I'm seeing a zombie movie late at night. But uh, that wasn't much of a story, and I I, I just don't know. I'm going off. So uh, what else is going on? <laughs> oh man, man, my mouth is just going. Um, the, Michael Graves, actually, congratulations to him. He uh, started this Kickstarter campaign here in the past couple weeks. Um, what it is, he's recording a new album called Vagabond, and uh, he's wanted to raise money to uh, really do it right, really go into a, a studio, have enough money to get it recorded really well. And he did it. Uh, he made it actually his goal well ahead of time. 
And so congratulations to him. I actually contributed, so I'm going to get uh, the Vagabond CD when it comes out, and I just can't wait. Um, so congratulations to that um, to him. Uh, he, he's doing some really creative sort of um, you know uh, packages for the different Kickstarter levels. You know, like the the cool stuff that you get. And uh, one of them was uh, he was kind of going to base his whole tour in the winter here uh, around um, this certain level of giving. So if you gave like five hundred bucks. Uh, Michael would come and play uh, wherever you wanted to. And he's like, yeah, I'd come to a, a club, a comic book store, you know, your basement, whatever. He's like, be creative, you know, play in different places. And and uh, I thought that was really cool. That was almost kind of tempting. But it's like, you know, how do I talk to my wife about uh, spending $500 uh, to get Michael Graves to come? You know, I thought it would be really cool. You know, pay 500 bucks to get Michael Graves to come just play like in my living room, you know, for like me, my wife, and my little boy. How cool would that be? Maybe I could even jam with them. But anyhow, you know, it's, it's hard to throw around 500 bucks like that and have uh, the whole family be on board with you. <laughs> but it was tempting. Oh, but uh, no, anyhow, that, that's really exciting. Um, what else? Uh, that's about it. Um, Tales from the Electric Chair. I'm reading another story this week. And here's what's really cool <laughs> now about this is that um, I kind of put it out there. I contacted some people. Um, for instance, I contacted Gravedigger, Sina Palayo from, uh, Burial Day Books, you know, uh, she was on the show here a while back and, uh, I, I really love Burial Day. And, uh, so I just emailed her and I'm like, Hey, I'm reading these stories on my show. And, uh, so if you have any authors kind of under your wing, you know, that, uh, are, uh, you know, being published on your site or in one of your books, if any of those guys, uh, and ladies would like to be read on the show, you know, send some my way. I'd love to have permission to do that. Of course, only with the you know, right permission. You know, I'm not just going to read stories that I find somewhere. And, um, she has really come through for me. She sent me a couple and then she sent me a whole bunch. So uh, we're going to have a lot of great readings from Burial Day Books. And, uh, today is the first of those. It's a story called Chuckles by Tim Tobin. And uh, so thank you to Tim. Thank you to uh, Gravedigger. This is really, really cool. I'm excited to be doing this. And if you guys out there listening right now have any suggestions for either really cool public domain horror stories that I can read or uh, horror stories in which, you know, I have some sort of shot at uh, getting the author's permission, I'd love to hear about it. Um, so, yeah, but I'm having a lot of fun. So, yeah, we'll hear uh, Chuckles this week. It's really exciting. Oh, man, what else? What else? There's a lot going on. You know, it's Halloween month. And, uh, yeah, I'm just super excited. I love October. Oh, man, it's been a long intro here, but uh, that's all right. That's all right. Long intro, longer shows, so maybe Katie would will be slightly happier with this one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man, sorry for dragging us out so long, but I'm having fun. So uh, another thing I had a lot of fun doing was, of course, talking with Nadine Lesperance. So uh, let's uh, get to that interview and, um, yeah, enjoy. Sean! Mum, hi. Um, I was going to call you. Are, you. are you okay? Yes. Yeah, well, are you sure? Some men tried to get into the house. Well, are they still there? I'm not sure. We've shut the curtains. Well, did you try the police? Well, I thought about it. Well, are you okay? Did they hurt you? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mum? Well, they were a bit bitey. Mum, have you been bitten? No, but Philip has. Oh, okay. Has she been bitten? No, Philip has. Oh, okay. Listen, Mum, what sort of state is he in? Oh, he's fine. Bit under the weather. I see. What's the deal? We may have to kill my stepdad. Well, I welcome back to the show right now. 
uh, guest that was on, man, a lot of episodes ago. It's been a while, but I'm so happy that she came back. I'm talking with Nadine Lesperance, Blue Girl Films. Nadine, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Yay! So happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be talking with you again. You know, we've kind of kept in touch through Facebook and everything, and it's been yeah. really, really cool. And we've been like scheduling things on and off, and finally, kind of the stars <laughs> aligned tonight. You know, and we yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that, when I got back from Montreal, I didn't realize how tired and off whack I got, and then everything just sort of like hit me you know when life catches up to you when you go on vacation you're just like oh man i didn't have time like really and i was just tired but. no no worries actually i never told you this but uh, you you sent me a message that night because we were actually supposed to record this last week and yeah. um so you sent me this uh, a message and just said oh we were supposed to podcast today i'm so sorry you know i just you know too much <laughs> is going on and uh, to be honest with you i had completely forgotten about it and so oh, i wasn't prepared we, at um, all nope. And so you you messaged me, and I'm like, oh my god, she's right. What were we going to talk about again? Oh man! And so I, if you wouldn't have said anything, I would have totally just like not shown up. And uh, oh, so god, it worked funny. out. <laughs> you're like you're like wiping your brow. You're like, oh, yeah, that was right. yeah. <laughs> I felt so bad too. Damn you! <laughs> oh, I know. I should have said. I, I just never never said anything. And I'm like, oh no problem. And yeah. <laughs> In the background, I'm like, thank God. Because <laughs> you know, I would have. Oh, no. But it, it is great to talk with you again. Uh, you mentioned uh, being in Montreal. What was going on up there? Oh, that was uh, the Montreal Comic Con. Sweet. And I was working at the Black Flag TV table. So that was pretty a remarkable experience. And I got to meet SV Bell finally. All right. <laughs> which was really cool. And they had another guy working there who was a director. And. Also, we had a guest director come in on Saturday, Adrian Garcia Bogliano. And this guy's like so like superstar on the rising. Like check him out like totally. Oh, wow. I will. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Like he just got uh, like he was at Fantastic Fest and won Best Director. Oh, man. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. So he was there. So that was fun hanging out there with them. And the only thing was I was just kind of standing there because everyone's French. So I was just kind of like, OK, I'll just stand <laughs> here and <laughs> smile and wave at people. Oh, wow. But, yeah, it was a really good experience. And um, Madame Solis Tea Party, that was the world premiere at the Horror Fest there. Oh, which awesome. Was, was combined with uh, the Comic-Con. So. Yeah, it was a very, very, very exciting, exciting week that I had there. <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations on that premiere. That's uh, that's really, really cool. And um, yeah, I noticed um, you put a message out here not long ago saying that uh, it's actually been taken down from Vimeo or it's been, you know, kind of yeah. marked as private on Vimeo just because you're kind of doing some festivals now. And of course, yeah. you know, the festivals don't, you know, they don't want to just be freely available out there while you're playing yeah. them at the festivals. So. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, yeah, everyone's seen it enough now. So <laughs> if you're on my Facebook, you know, you had a chance. But if you didn't, then, well, <laughs> we'll just have to wait. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally cool because, I mean, you're you're um, exposing that to a whole different audience uh, that yeah. way. Plus, you're seeing it on, on, like, a bigger screen. Did you actually get to see the screening of it while you were there? Uh, I actually, there was a, a, a typo mix-up. And I got the tail end of it. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I was like rushing around like these guys are like with me with their walkie talkies. And they were like, oh, you're the director. Let's go. Let's go. This way. 
because <laughs> I was like at the wrong room, which they printed on the pamphlet, and oh, yeah, no. oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, <laughs> that's it was too great. bad. So yeah. how was I? I mean, I guess seeing those few minutes at the end. I mean, what was it? Yeah. Was it was it cool? What kind of experience was that for you? It was it was bizarre when you see like you know like your movie on a big screen. Mm. It's just like wow, you know. And my heart was beating really fast. <laughs> I, was just like, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Man, I could only imagine that'd be wonderful. Uh, yeah, it was, and I I, I felt I felt kind of. Uh, I don't know what what the word would be embarrassing sort of but not I don't know it's hard to explain like like when Maya's journal played too I felt that same you know what are people gonna think or you know kind of thing but well yeah yeah I, I, you know well, I've gotten into this with other filmmakers how you know what you're doing is you know you're basically laying yourself out there for the whole world to see yeah. and yep. opening yourself up so you know Anybody at all could come to you with criticism or, you know, especially, you know, on the Internet. I mean, people tear you to shreds on the Internet just because they oh, can. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. um, but, you know, of course, then you get the other end of the spectrum, people that really love it. So really, you're going to get anything and everything. And it takes guts to put this stuff up, you know, make a movie that you're really passionate about, you know, this short and and uh, put it out there for people to just have at <laughs> Yeah, yeah to, to pick at it and attack it. Yeah. yeah. But no, yeah, it was good. It was, it was, it was really good. Yeah. So I admire you for for doing that, and and uh, you know, it's uh, it's just really great what you're doing. So what else? What else you got going on? Uh, anything exciting lately? Anything? Uh, you making anything uh, cool or anything in the works? I have uh, two shorts that I'm writing right now because I'm gonna stick with a few more shorts just to gain more experience. Mm -hmm. and, I just figured, okay, I got these really good ideas, and now that I have two shorts out, um, people that I want in in my film are more interested in working with me, which is really cool. So I uh, was maybe hoping to shoot maybe in January or somewhere around there. All right. So, yeah, I'm just going to sort of stick with uh, promoting my stuff and getting more in festivals and stuff, but I mean... I still have my regular full-time job, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, even even a lot of the guys that, that you see out there in a lot of horror movies that you think are, like, big and famous and, and really, you know, have it good, because, you know, they're, they're even, a lot of those guys still have day jobs as well, you know, or yeah. at least they're just making it, you know, just getting by. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's not a business to get into, you know, um, because you want to make money easily um, because you know, a lot of people, especially right now, you know, it's a crazy time. So yeah, but uh, yeah, that's, that's rough, but that would be cool if you could just do this full time. I mean, just, just think. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Just making movies all the time would be totally awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. But for now it's, it, it's my side, my side projects. So yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, but are, are these uh, horror? Are you still sticking with the horror thing, or are you kind of going oh, outside yeah. of that? It's 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 horror. Beautiful. Still, my, still, still my you know like sort of cheesy mixed comedy kind of horror thing. <laughs> awesome. I love your sense of humor. It's it's awesome. So I, that's uh, <laughs> really exciting to hear. Well, I like humor in horror. I mean, it's just hilarious. I mean, even if it's not supposed to be funny, I find lots of movies are funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them don't mean to be funny, but they, they come out that way. <laughs> exactly. I know there was some there was some moments though in in White Zombie where I was just like laughing, like you know the whole oh, yeah. 
Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, it's it's uh, Lugosi, his overacting. I mean, he does so much. He is so dramatic, you know, and he came from, from the theater. So he has that tendency of very theatrical acting, but he just goes over the top a lot of times and uh yeah yeah i could i could see that but you know as far as horror comedies go what what would be like your favorite horror comedy film of all time would you say not, oh, not to put you on the spot one? that's like evil dead oh good call good call <laughs> that's like my, my my favorite film yeah yeah that's awesome yeah, all the evil deads but i mean i also i also really get a kick out of the the creature ones like ghoulies and critters Oh like yeah, those, those just make me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh yeah, those were yeah the, the those crazy '80s films, you know, like totally. all of those ones are fantastic. I know, and they're just a good laugh. I mean, you're watching it, and you're just you, you have a good time. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I mean, blood and laughter is like a perfect mix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is. But Evil Dead, uh, yeah. I, um, for for me, it's it's the, the Evil Dead series is so weird because I love Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, and I I can't figure out which one I like more. They're they're, you know, they're kind of parallel. They're kind of not. They're kind of different. So uh, like, I know, I know. It, it's it's tough. But uh, Army of Darkness, I don't know if you know that, but I just cannot stand Army of Darkness. Really? Yeah. Oh. So funny. <laughs> I guess. I mean, maybe in when did it come out? Like ninety three? Was that ninety three or ninety four? Something like that. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and um, I I guess at that point in time, I mean, I, I I did see it shortly after it came out, and yeah. I enjoyed it then. But it's like now I try to watch it, and I'm like, this is so dumb. You know what? <laughs> what? You know I. I don't know. I just don't get it. And it's got this huge, and I know people bash me for this all the time, yeah. you know, and, and because it's, it, it's not a very popular thing to say, but, yeah. um, I just don't, I don't get it anymore. I guess I just, <laughs> really? maybe I lost something here, you know, with my old age or something, but, uh, I, I don't know. What am I missing? I mean, you love Ar army of darkness, obviously it's, uh, oh, totally, and I'm sorry if I've offended it's you here, but Campbell. I just, I can't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I have a thing for Bruce Campbell. He's all right. Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I do. I I really like him too. But I uh, just that film I just can't sit through it anymore. I mean, anymore. it's not as good as Evil Dead, obviously, but right. you know, it's it's got its charms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's all right. I mean, you know, I like Bill Mosley, even though he's not even yeah. really recognizable in this. Um, yeah, and I actually met um, the lady who did uh, all the. Um, all of her own sword uh, choreography, um, and she was in it, and she she choreographed a lot of the sword fighting. Uh, her name oh, is uh, Dana Fredsty, and she's actually an author now. She just wrote like a zombie book, and oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah, yeah. So she was uh, really cool, and uh, I'm I'm not sure if I ever told her though. During that, I, I interviewed her for the show here a while back. I'm not sure that I ever told her that I didn't really like Army of Darkness. Um, <laughs> Being that she was in it and all, you know, I, I just... Yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, I hate your movie. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure you're cool. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Awkward. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I just kind of didn't say anything uh, really about it. Um, but uh, no, that's funny. That's funny. It's... Uh, oh, well, everyone has their own opinions about movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, though, you know, horror comedies... Um, it would be like, um, of course, they're going to be zombie movies for me. 
Um, but I, I would probably go with like either like Return of the Living Dead or Shaun of the you know obviously Shaun of the Dead. Oh, Shaun of the Dead, yes, you know, definitely. Um, but Return, you know, Return is just a, a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant film, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, and it, <laughs> oh, it was have so. Oh, seen that movie, uh, Otis. Otis. Ring any bells? No. Oh well. Anyway, that look that one up because it's 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 really funny too. Like it's really it's a it, it's a revenge style, but it kind of goes wrong. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. It's really they got the wrong person. <laughs> oh, I love it. But it's family revenge, and it's oh. sort of comedy because like you know the parents are like you know classic uh, middle class family kind of thing. <laughs> you totally have to see it. <laughs> awesome. I'll look it up for sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That, that one's a good one for comedy. Just yeah. like the good one-liners and everything kind of like that is, is brilliant. <laughs> Sweet. Oh. Well, yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned White Zombie here before. And uh, this is the one while we were talking about, you know, setting up, you know, another time to talk here. I'm like, ooh, can I pick a movie this time? Because, you know, the last time um, you picked Martyrs for us, yeah. which is yeah. a great film. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, ooh, is it my turn now to pick one? And <laughs> And uh, the first one that just rolled off the top of my head for no real reason at all was uh, White Zombie from 1932. Um, yeah. The, the first zombie movie ever. And um, it's just one that I love. I, th- I think before the show, I was talking to you about, I just watched this again this morning with my two-year-old <laughs> son. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say it's his, his second zombie movie that he watched. His oh, first... Second. Yeah, yeah, his first was while he was still just completely, you know, just, uh, uh, I think he was not even a year old. Yeah, he's definitely not even a year old yet. And uh, he was just yeah. kind of sitting in my lap, and I was watching Return of the Living Dead 2. And nice. uh, he just kind of sat in my lap while I watched that movie. And I know he probably, I don't think he was even watching the screen at all. He didn't. He wasn't pointed that direction or whatever. But, you know, I'm happy to say, you know, hey, Return of the Living Dead 2 was technically your first zombie movie. and Nice. And, um, so this was his second, and it was one. Now he is he's much more aware of things. You know, he picks up everything, and uh, I could point out zombies, and it wasn't one that was completely gonna freak him out and scar him for life, and yeah, you know, he's yeah. gonna grow up and hate me because he's all screwed up. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I haven't done that yet, but I'm sure I'm sure I'll do that at some point accidentally. Um, but anyhow, white zombie. What did you think? Have you seen this uh, before? Yes, I brought I have. It up. Well, I saw it a uh, long, long, long time ago, and then I rewatched it because you mentioned it. So uh, I, I think this is a good one for uh, great cheesiness that I like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the overdramatics, the cheesiness. I, I, I'm actually not a big fan of the whole black and white. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I know. It, it, yeah, it's kind of funny because... Uh, when I was a teenager and I was getting so into horror movies and rent everything that was at the video store. And I just, I rented black and white films, but I just couldn't get into them, but I really, really wanted to, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I like, liked black and white films. And I was like, you know, this mysterious, obscure person, but you know, it just didn't work out that way. That's funny. It's almost like the <laughs> idea of liking black and white films is cooler than actually trying to like the black and white films. You know, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. there's, there's this kind of charm about it that's like black and white is really cool and I really want to like it because it is really cool. But then you try to watch it and you're like, 
I can't even sit through this. I mean, I, I, I kind of get that, you know, even though I love yeah. black and white, but I kind of get what you're, what you mean. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. There are, there are some good black and white films out there and like, you know, white zombie was very, very amusing. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, dude, this was like, uh, well, what we're in 2012 now. So that means this is 80 years old. Yeah, um, I know. Can eh? you believe that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, so everybody involved in this film is dead. Nobody's yeah. around anymore. Um, you know, and this, it's, it's public domain, um, which is amazing because like I said, I watched this again today and I'm like, this is public domain. And, and, um, this was on Netflix for the longest time on, uh, you know, instant watch. And so I brought up Netflix and it, it's not even on there anymore. So I had to switch to like Amazon instant or something, which I'm also part of. And, uh, you know, it, it came up, but it's amazing to me that Netflix kind of lets the public domain movies go it's not like they're paying for it yeah exactly eh? that's kind of weird yeah put them up so i don't know and it once was i remember when i watched this you know a couple years ago it was it was on netflix but uh i don't know it it, it, it's beyond me i don't i don't understand how they operate but um so i really think the story like the whole uh haiti zombie kind of thing yeah yeah like that that, that's what i like about that movie is that it's it's not the flesh-eating, you know, type thing, then this is like, uh, he controls them, which is cool. Yeah, this is where they came from. I mean, these this is the yeah. roots of uh, the zombie thing that we see, um, because this is actually kind of an accurate snapshot of um, kind of the American vision of Haiti at this point in time, you know, because... You know, Haiti was seen as like real savage and unknown, and we didn't know what was going on down there except we heard about yeah. voodoo and we heard about, you know, them raising the dead and, and making them their slaves. And so all these things started popping up, you know, all these stories and speculations. And, and of course, Hollywood catches on and, uh, you know, comes up with some crazy things. And this was, uh, this is what was in the minds of the Americans back then. It's uh, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> well, it is scary. It scares me still, even like you know when you oh, watch, yeah. like other country stuff, always scares me in horror movies. Yeah, because you know you're in the middle of a, somewhere where you know you don't know what's going on. You don't have any kind of outside help or like anything kind of like that. And and what the couple just shows up and all this crazy stuff happens to them in like another country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, what what goes on, and I'm sure that most people out there have, have seen this before, but we have this couple, Neil and Madeline, and for some reason, they've decided to vacation in Haiti and, in fact, get married there because they met this rich guy, Beaumont, and uh, yeah. he has this really nice estate, this big mansion and everything, and they've decided they like this Beaumont guy and they're going to get married at his house. And uh, Beaumont, though, you know, starts going after Madeline. He decides, you know, he wants her as the bride. And he's even, it's hilarious because he's trying to talk her out of marrying Neil. walking her down. Yes. (laughs) And then what what was funny was like when he gave her the flower and she smells it and then puts it in her bouquet. Like, how funny is that? Oh, yeah. That's like a little rub it in slap in the face. Exactly. Exactly. And it's hilarious. That was the flower, of course. You know, he he is bound and determined to have this girl. And he goes to uh, Lugosi, who's, um, I love his name in this movie. It's Murder Legendaire. Yeah, I know, eh? Isn't that <laughs> awesome? Cool. I know. Murder. 
<laughs> my name's Murder. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna name my secondborn Murder. I had, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really get a say in my firstborn, but my secondborn, I'm gonna insist that I, I name him Murder. <laughs> oh. oh man! But, but uh, yeah. he's he's like a he's like the zombie commander here. I mean, he's he's come up with this potion, and he has this whole army of zombies that answer to him and do his bidding and whatever. And he runs this big sugar mill that uh, all these zombies work at. And oh, I like it when the one fell in. That was so yes. hilarious. Oh yeah. Oh, and I love. I love the sound effects at the sugar mill. Kind of oh, that squealing, grinding kind of thing over and over yeah, and over again. Over the sound of the background, constant, constant, constant. Yeah, yeah. And that's this this thing for me, it's it's all atmosphere. You know, and that's oh, part yeah. of it. You know, kind of the spooky things. We get a lot of drums and chanting the yep. whole time, which is really cool. And get to see some... I like the shadows in the back yes. on some that they had that when they were you know what coming he's coming down the stairs or like uh when when he remember he was in the bar and he was drinking and then you see him against the wall and uh oh, that yeah. shadow with the girl yes he was like yeah that i love that shot yeah oh yeah yeah i mean this was an indie film uh back then um for the longest time i thought this was part of like the universal thing you know like dracula and, and frankenstein yeah. and but um this was an independent film um, didn't have a whole lot of money behind it. They shot it in less than two weeks, I think. And, uh, yeah, it just completely came out of nowhere. And it's, uh, it's really held up and, uh, you know, has a, has a big following, but, uh, oh, yeah. oh man. Well, Lugosi in this, like I said, he's, uh, he's a, an over actor, um, you know, to, to put it lightly, <laughs> yeah, it's... um, comes from a stage background from theater. So of course you're going to have that. And have facial expressions and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he really, really liked himself. Um, and he really thought a lot of his ability. And that's why he, he turned down Frankenstein, for crying out loud. Do you know that? They <laughs> offered Frankenstein to him before Karloff. No and, way. Yeah. He turned it down because he thought that part was below him. I mean, it wasn't dramatic enough. It was just a lot of grunting and, and, and stuff. And he thought it was just kind of real low rent to do that. And... Huh. He thought he was above the Frankenstein role. <laughs> he was above Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, hmm, it's hmm. unfortunate. But uh, no, I, I actually really like him in this film um, because, of course, there's a the whole thing with the eyes. You know, you see oh. his eyes, um, the, the crazy close-ups. Um, you see him in the in the glass of wine or whatever that is. You know, whenever Matt yeah. was looking down into it, that's awesome. <laughs> When she faints, I was laughing. I was like, "That's awesome!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see the trust she put in her, her uh, other actor guy? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> she just kind of drops. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. I I really liked him. I um I really dug the whole chin like goatee thing he had going on. It was kind of like the pointed, you know, the two point little goatee. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, you know, he just really looks spooky. I think I tried to grow that kind of thing when I was in college or something. And, uh, <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, it didn't quite work out as nicely, but uh, you know, I tried. I thought it was cool, but uh, with this widow's peak going on too. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, the total Dracula thing. It was, uh, it was really cool. But uh, no, no, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I've seen him do much worse. Uh, a lot of times in uh, the way he portrays things, and I thought he did this one just right. 
Um, yeah, he was definitely good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So you said that you know you were laughing a lot. So was was Lugosi sort of what made you laugh, or was it just kind of other things? It, it was it was other things, like you oh. know the whole yeah, the whole cheesy dramatic. We'll try to make it like you know, uh, oh, what's that word? You know when they they wait too long in a certain scene to try to get you in. Oh, they draw it out and try to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There was yeah. Like a couple of moments like that, and I was just like, they were laughable. And uh, when oh, when they were down at the side at the, when a guy was lying down beside the cliff, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they had the fire going, and he's holding him and stuff like that. <laughs> One thing I was laughing at, I was like, it looks like this guy's butt is on fire. <laughs> Just because of the camera angle and everything. Wow, I didn't catch that, but now I'm going to have to go and, and look at <laughs> that again. Like, Where's that? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. That's hilarious. But uh, also, um, why did the the guy commit suicide at the end, too? Um, That's a good question. Um, like, that was sort of random. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure it just had something to do with the anguish and everything. Like, feeling that, so bad and whatever. Yeah. But I was just like focused on the other characters and i was like what just happened yeah (laughs) it's gone (laughs) yeah you know and it's it's, uh, you just kind of go with it a lot of times like that that was that was funny like 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 this little random moments like that where where you know they amused me i liked it (laughs) oh yeah how about you know towards the end again when the zombies just kind of marched right off the side of the cliff you know they're just like lemmings you know they just kind of they're just kind of strolling off and you know they they fall (laughs) And it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it's it's it was fun for me. You know, it uh, uh, a lot of a lot of crazy stuff going on. I just I love the atmosphere, like I said, and especially this crazy fortress. Um, you know that know. we're fighting in. You know this this cliffside thing that you're talking about, but it's it's basically like your your stereotypical kind of evil lair. Um, yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really, really cool, and it's it's the kind of place I hope to retire in at some point in my life. Oh, it's, no kidding, eh? That's what I was thinking. I was like, I want to live here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, again, this is Murder's Place, and yeah. um, it's it's really, really cool. I mean, a lot of external shots and a lot yes. of... Um, now, I think they used the set from, like, this might have been, like, Dracula or something like that, but these this was a reused set. Um, so yep, they didn't yep, build yep. this specifically for uh, White right. Zombie. But uh, that's how it got kind of the epic look in that yeah. regard. Um, but, man, yeah, just, I just, I love I love that they could take something, because this was originally a stage play. Um, they, they'd been oh, performing really? this, yeah, in, in the theater for years before this. Oh. And the Halperins, who, who made this film, just kind of adapted it. Uh, for film because it was kind of the hot thing. You know, people were talking about zombies and Haiti and everything. So um, that's just kind of uh, what it did. But it didn't come across really as stagey. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. you know, the camera was used uh, creatively, you know, especially, you know, a lot of the shots with Lugosi in his eyes. and and, uh, Or when he's coming down the stairs in that uh, weird shape. Yes. The whole I loved that shot. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So for like 1932, yeah, this is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the shots, I was just like, oh, I bet you the director thought he was badass. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
you know it. You like know. check this out, guys. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. And then uh, also, what was what made me laugh was um, remember when he's explaining about the zombies? Oh, this was my doctor, and, yeah. and they show all those funny faces, like all their expressions. Like that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I know they're showing them the cameras there, and and in my mind, I was thinking, uh, I wonder what the director told them, you know, and they got to freeze this face like that. <laughs> yeah. Just look as absolutely clueless as possible. <laughs> yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> And the only thing they were missing was some drool, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, man. But overall, I'd, I'd love this movie, like I've probably said like three or four times now. Um, <laughs> but uh, this, the, the whole reason I found out about this movie at all um, was when I was a teenager and I was really getting into the band White Zombie. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm like, White Zombie, that's kind of a, it's an interesting name. Where, where'd they get that from? And so I researched it, and it took me back to this movie. Um, oh. And uh, it's really cool. Rob Zombie actually really loves this film, obviously, to name obviously, a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in the background of, I think, his Halloween remake, uh, this is playing on TV, I think, in the house. Um, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the first Halloween one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. So because I've seen that, I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Zombie's great at like putting influential little things kind of into his movies, you know, and working that <laughs> well, in. That's, that's what I did with Maya's journal, the Evil Dead poster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So that's uh, it's really cool. So that's what turned me on to it, and um, it's uh, cool. it's one that uh, I've watched probably dozens of times now. And, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I'm am just really really into it. And I, I dig black and white too. I like the charm of the black and white. Um, I like going back to like these good old days, you know, before, you know. I mean, this was real filmmaking. I mean, these people were literally sitting down and cutting strips of film apart and gluing oh, them together. Yeah. And man, and hey, so tedious. The whole process <laughs> was so expensive and so long. And I mean, when you edited this thing, you couldn't go back. And yeah, just say, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this scene a little longer, or maybe cut a few frames out of. No, I mean you, you are physically cutting film apart and gluing it together, and and the glue yeah. that they used was very permanent, so it's not like you could, you could get it apart very easily again. So I mean, cut it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, could you imagine editing like? Have you ever, have you ever done any kind of, of editing sure. that uh, has kind of the physical ramifications? <laughs> like this? Hey? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I could do that. I mean, holy. That's like, that's amazing when people actually do that and you're like, wow. <laughs> that's, yeah. Wow. And you know what's cool about this movie too? It's like 1932 and they're like making like zombie movies. Like, how cool is that? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like, it's so cool because you're like, oh, yeah, people, you're like, you know, in the 1930s, you're like, are talking about zombies which is like mm. so awesome <laughs> it is it is and it was the walking dead and and the interesting thing about this movie is you know were they really dead in the first place um right you know, I know. because i always talk about you know zombies they got to come back from the dead and yeah. uh this one it's in question because obviously madeline you know she, she was came back to normal yeah. yeah and she was never dead in the first place um because right. they kind of talk about that a little bit but um these others, though, I mean, everyone he had working in the sugar mill and those ones we were talking about, you know, where he goes through, you know, each one's story, you know, <clears throat> were they, do you think that they were dead or were they just in some sort of 
like trance that was brought on by this weird potion or what do you think? Well, that one that uh, was on the horse carriage, the driver, mm -hmm. that one, he looked like he was probably dead before. The other ones are kind of questionable. Like, did he just put them under the same sort of thing that Madeline was under? Yeah, I know. It was, uh, I, I wasn't sure, like, who was dead and who wasn't quite thing, but I think the horse guy was for sure. Yeah, yeah, he looked pretty, pretty <laughs> ghastly. And now. <laughs> yeah, and who was that one that they kept showing over and over again? And he was the bigger guy, and he had kind of a hairy face and was real clueless looking. He had the, the weird eyes. And, <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah. I, I think maybe he was. He looked pretty yeah, yeah. pretty <laughs> ragged. Um, yeah, but those other guys, I, you just don't know. But I, I, I'd like it that they leave that question up to you. Yeah. You know, they don't try to... Explain exactly every individual story about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, but man, this was the first zombie movie and that's, that's gotta be at least worth something, you know, a, a little bit. And, uh, of course, you know, when this came out, um, critics hated it, but I guess it made a, a good bit of money, uh, back in oh. the day when it ran in theaters. Cause again, this was a hot thing, you know, right, right now, you know, like zombies are a big thing and, Still. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, you know, people are going to go see zombie movies just out of, you know, it's the hot thing and everyone's talking about it but um man it's uh it's just one that uh i really love so what i mean what do you think do you recommend people go out and see this right away even though you know you said you're not a big black and white <laughs> horror fan so people like you you know horror fans like yourself do you think there's something for somebody like that who hasn't seen this i think if you like black and white films and zombies yes you should see it Definitely. Hmm. <laughs> Even just for the appreciation of historical kind of things. And may, maybe it's just me and I'm such a nerd about, you know, film history and stuff. <laughs> but it's like, you know, don't you at least say, yeah, I want to watch this because this was the first zombie movie and this was Lugosi and it was kind of a, a landmark where it was. So doesn't that... that no, that, that definitely does count for something. Yeah. I, I will give you that. <laughs> cool, cool. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and uh, it, it's weird because, like, uh, it. You remember, you know, the movie Serpent in the Rainbow. I was going to bring that up, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what sort of was always going through my head when some things couldn't be explained with the zombie stuff. Right. Like, well, like what we said, is this guy dead or is he like, you know, whatever? Because I was thinking, well, you know, in Serpent in the Rainbow, they're just sort of paralyzed, but they're buried. You know, it's a, it was it was bringing up that question again. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I was kind of, you know, tempted to kind of default to as far as White Zombie goes, um, that kind of everyone in this movie must have been in some sort of trance and maybe nobody was actually dead and brought back. Um, just because I kept thinking of Serpent and the Rainbow. And I'm like, well, that was kind of the <laughs> shtick in that movie. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, they were just kind of in a semblance of death, but not really. And, right. Um, so that's what I kept thinking of. And uh, again, in Serpent and the Rainbow, though, they did explain it. You do know what's going on. You know why he is the way he is and why, you, yeah. th you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know if, again, that played a factor in kind of uh, how I see this film. But still, I consider it, it it's a zombie movie, period. Yeah. Um, you know, but it has. The it's, like, it's like the original big time zombie movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a the flesh-eating thing, like what I said. It's, like, completely, oh, you know, semi-true based on myths, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I like that. Yeah. Yeah, now, uh, you know, the next, probably the next huge zombie movie that we have after this is Night of the Living Dead, 68. Yes. But, of course, there's like 36 <laughs> years in between these two. Um, are there any other zombie movies for you that come to mind kind of in between those? Or um, are these two just like big landmarks that... Uh, I think those two are definitely big landmarks. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, that's sort of what made people into zombies, um, <laughs> into zombies, into liking zombies. Yeah, no, you're right. And they changed the perception of zombies, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you got two different stories going on here, but it's still sort of the same idea of playing off of each other, of zombies in general. And I just think it's a pretty cool idea, like how it originated, just the whole Haiti oh, look, this is zombies, but then how was this whole we're going to eat your flesh, like, came in, mm -hmm. came into play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was something Romero um, sort of uh, originated uh, with Knight and just really took off with. and Because, uh, really, you didn't see the whole flesh-eating thing up until Knight. Um, yeah. And, in fact, you know, in between White Zombie and Knight, there, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, there were some that were okay and, and pretty decent and, you know, probably worth watching. But the, uh, the one that really stands out for me is actually a hammer horror film. And I think mm -hmm. it's 1966. It's either 65 or 66 um, called plague of the zombies. Oh yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it, it, it actually holds true to the kind of um, zombies or slaves. You oh know, yeah, kind really? of thing, and so uh, it, it's actually really, really cool. And uh, oh, you know, even if you don't necessarily dig the whole hammer thing, you know, which people, some people do, some people don't, but yeah. um, it's uh, it's actually a great zombie film, um, one that's overlooked a lot. But uh, I think if I had to pick one movie in between White Zombie and Night of the Living Dead that uh, you should watch that is memorable and is a great movie, I think uh, Plague is uh, is definitely one of them. So. Cool. Yeah, check it out if you have a chance. But Yeah, totally, I will. Yeah. Even though it's black and white, I will. <laughs> I don't believe Plague of the Zombies. Now, I haven't 60? watched this. Yeah, 60, I want to say 66. They were doing color even in like the 50s. Oh, okay. um, yeah. oh man, you're making me Google this right now just so I don't sound like an idiot. Um, even though I sound like an idiot on a regular basis on the show. But, I'm going to uh, Google it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. No, it is in color. It it's yeah. Oh okay. Oh yeah, yeah. It's in uh, stunning Technicolor, some whatever. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's very cool. So, any other words about uh, White Zombie? Anything else? I mean, you know, we've uh, gone over a lot, and of course talked about Haiti. Have you? I never asked. Have you actually? Have you ever been down to the islands? Like Haiti or the DR or any, no. anywhere around there? No, I, I actually would love to go to the Dominican Republic. Hmm. I mean, isn't it isn't it weird how like it, how how that whole island is split? Yeah, like how on yeah. one side it's just like you know total bizarre and like uh, impoverished and just so crazy, and then on the other side it's just all this big tourist resort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's uh... just so. Oh, yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, even even in uh, Dominican Republic. Now, I went down to the DR um, for my honeymoon. Um, so I was in a resort down there, and, and it was cool. But uh, we did take tours around the city, around, you know, outlying places. 
And really, I mean, the resort places are the only decent places on the island, you know, because oh, yeah. you, you go outside of those gates and it's poverty. Um, and it's it's bad in the DR, but uh, it's even worse in Haiti. I've actually been to Haiti as well. Oh, you have? Really? And it's like, <laughs> is this weird? But I, I kind of, I would kind of love to live on this island and just kind of be there and be part of this culture because... Mm -hmm. I see myself like I'm American, man, and I am so distracted by the media and the internet and this podcast, you know, this podcast. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's got me. It's got me in its grips. But no, it's like I am just so, I mean, things are crazy. But you go down there and sure, I mean, everything's poor and you worry about disease and the water that you drink and how you're going to eat and stuff. Zombies, you know. And the zombies, you know, and the, the powder that they're blowing in your faces. and yeah, you know, exactly. Stuff. You never know. But... At the same time, it's like you you don't you're not getting bombarded by images. You don't have the internet down there. You know it's um, it's so stripped down. You know it's 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 life just completely bare bones. Just what it is, um, and it's there's something appealing in that. Um, do I sound crazy or? You... No, you don't sound crazy. <laughs> I understand what you're talking about. It, it's like when I go visit my parents up in uh, Kelowna, <laughs> away from the city. I go up there. It's like so quiet. Nothing's going. On. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I I catch your point. Like, I mean, I find that too. That sometimes there's just way too much information that you don't need to see all the time in your face, and just getting away from that. You know. It helps your sanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But how long were you there for? I was in Haiti for about two weeks. Uh, I was in the DR. Uh, how long was our honeymoon? Probably like a week or 10 days or something like that. Um, and it was really great. I, I had a far better experience in the DR because I was, again, at a resort. And for Haiti, right. I was actually there for work. I actually did a, a, a documentary here like 15 years ago or something. It was crazy. No um, way. Yeah. Yeah. I was... Uh, I could go off about stories here for the rest of the night and just uh, the things I saw and the weirdness. Documentary for, uh, on, on, on what? Oh, yeah. I was going down there with a group uh, doing a documentary about uh, the school that they were building. And they yeah. they actually paid for everything. I, I didn't really get paid for it, but they just kind of paid for everything for me uh, to go That's down cool. there and uh, shoot everything. You know, at that point. Um, it was really cool that I could shoot on like mini DV, you know, that was the big thing, you know, like, wow, these cameras are so small and mini DV, you know, that's a really small tape and it's digital. And, and, oh, um, cool. so, uh, yeah, I went down there and shot this thing and it was, uh, yeah, wow. Oh. I don't even know where to start. I mean, like I said, I could, I could just, uh, man, make a whole series of shows just about that. Um, that could be like a, a, a horror movie also, too, you know? It could. You go down there, you know, you go to Haiti, you're going to go do this, but something can go really wrong. <laughs> That's really weird you said that because uh, I've actually written, I'm, I, I like to do writing, um, and I do this thing every year called National Novel Writing Month, and it's in November. Oh, God, I guess that's next month already. Jeez. <laughs> it's October. So this yep. is, uh, wow. Okay, um... But uh, a couple years ago, my my whole idea for my novel, which I never finished, but um, it was that gonna it was gonna be that very idea where somebody was going down to Haiti, 
you know, to, you know, an American going down there to do something and then things went wrong. Yeah. And of course this whole spooky <laughs> thing happens. Nice. And um, because you can, you can like uh, write so much because you actually did that. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you experience something and then you write it, it comes so much more easier. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be so different than what I've seen movies portray Haiti as. Um, okay. Yeah. Because you, you were there, you got right. like firsthand experience, which oh, yeah. is like, totally awesome i know what it's really like so yeah i have the i have the real scoop on on haiti so yeah, yeah. they're french down there aren't they yeah well it's weird it's it's that creole kind of french dialect oh, okay. like uh, louisiana yeah it's like um you know I, it, it's a it was a french colony right but then right. dumped them right yeah i think yeah. it was yeah yeah and it's uh so I think if you know French, you can get by because I think it's real, real similar. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy. And then again, you know, talking about the island, you know, Haiti is basically French Creole, and then the DR is all Spanish. So oh, really? it, oh yeah, so it's not even like the whole island even can understand each other. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So how about That's quite that? The contrast. Yeah, and I don't know either language myself. So I was down there and I knew. You know, when I was in the DR, I knew hola and gracias. Um, You're like, hi. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, that was really it. Um, but fortunately, again, you know, a lot of people down there do know English. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, big plus. But uh, no, it's a spooky place. It really is. And it's, I can, I can totally understand why people are afraid of it and kind of let their imaginations run. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I, did, I I experienced some of the voodoo culture. Actually. Really? Dude, cool. I heard the drums like constantly. Oh, you did? No way. Oh. No spookier feeling in my life. That, that must have freaked the crap right out of you, right? Eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the people I was staying with, their, their firsthand experiences with the voodoo culture and priests and spells and different rituals and... Um, Actual cockfighting down there, you know, setting the chickens against each other is a big, yeah. um, um, that's actually a that's big a, underground thing that, that is linked to the whole voodoo culture voodoo. that um, yeah. that's how that's, they get all their get, money, actually, is through this underground cockfighting and wow. um, how it's all linked to rum and sugar cane and everything. It's it's amazing. Oh, my God. Oh my, you got me started got me. and I just, uh, I just... I could go on all night. Oh. But um yeah. This has yeah, been a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see your film then. <laughs> yes. <sighs> oh man, that sounds like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. so maybe next time maybe I'll, next I'll go I'll into it more. Into but, uh, but you know, uh, we're uh, uh, kind of drawing to an end here tonight, Nadine. It's it's been a lot of fun. Lot of fun. And uh, yeah, this is a blast. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you yeah, for thanks. sitting through White Zombie. You know, because I know no, it wasn't your favorite no, and everything. And for sitting through. <laughs> I give it a seven. It wasn't, it was I wasn't, wow. like, I enjoyed it, but That's it wasn't really, you you know, would... my thing, but it, it was cool. It had, it, it had its good parts in it. Definitely. Well, it's a great movie it's to watch great... during like the Halloween season. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy it's October. Wow. Yeah. What's in your regular, so much... uh, like rotation for Halloween? Is there, are there certain movies that you watch every year? For Halloween. Well, I will, I will watch Halloween. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I, I'll usually go through, like, I, I also like uh, ghost movies. You know, that stuff mm -hmm. is creepy. Like, I like uh, The Changeling. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen The Changeling? 
No. No. Wow. <laughs> I have like it's a ton creepy. of stuff I'm writing down here tonight. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just like uh, George C. Scott. And it's oh, wow. just like you know, classic, you know, ghost story. People come. Uh, uh, but it's really cool. Just, it's, it's just got a really good story to it. And uh, I'll watch all the Amityvilles because oh, I like all beautiful. those. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great. Have you ever read, uh, read the original novel for uh, Amityville no, before? I Nope. It's awesome. Yeah. I have it. I got the box set of the movies for all of them. And then they also have this uh, documentary one in there, too, which is really cool. Oh, nice. Uh, what do you so think of the remake of that? It's not bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's not awesome, but I mean, I, I thought it was kind of cool when they actually went down in the basement and sort of had this sort of extra story that you didn't see in the originals. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Like right. more detail about like that. But yeah. Uh, what else do I watch around Halloween? Well, the new uh, Paranormal Activity is coming out. Are you into those kind of movies? Like the um, it's footage? not bad. I, I'm looking forward to uh, Grave Encounters, too. Yes, me yeah. too. <laughs> I, love the I like the first one. I mean, it, it, it was a little drawn out, Grave Encounters, but it, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But two, I totally want to see it. And it was cool because uh, Grave Encounters was uh, filmed in this uh, mental hospital in Vancouver. <laughs> oh, really? It was in Vancouver? Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> That's uh, the, the, the classic famous Riverview Hospital. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I want to film there. You know? Wow. Have wow. you ever been there? Or, like, seen the place? <laughs> like, no, I mean, actually... Weren't admitted or anything, but you know. No, no, I I, I drove past it with when I was young with my parents. Like, oh, that's cool. And stuff. But yeah, I've seen it lots of times, but wow. never actually been it. Oh man, I never yeah. want to go there. Well, I kind of do, but I kind of don't now. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I that once see- I go in there, I won't ever be able to leave ever. I know, I know, yeah. you're gonna be trapped. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the everlasting rooms and hallways and yeah. It's pretty creepy, and I, I heard it's actually haunted too. Oh, so that I mean, in real life, it's that has that whole legend around it. Yeah. Wow. I know, creepy. <laughs> that stuff's scary, like the whole supernatural thing, and it's more scary than uh, slasher flicks, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Going into the unknown about stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Well, Nadine, I could go on all night. I mean, we could, like I said, I mean, before the show, I'm like, you know, give me your time frame because I will keep going. But uh, no, this has been fantastic. Of course, uh, all your links are going to be up in my show notes. And uh, I uh, I just wish you the best of luck, of course, with uh, what you're doing now, your two new shorts that you're, uh, that you're working on. I'm really excited. And, yeah, 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 I know. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Madame's going to a festival October 28th in BC, which is cool. So I'm going to show up for that one too. It's going to awesome. be awesome. And in uh, February uh, in Vancouver. <laughs> so I'm pretty stoked about that. Fantastic. Uh, I know. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this again, of course, very soon. Excellent. Uh, I have a great yeah, time no, talking we'll have to it. think of another movie. <laughs> What's your turn? So. <laughs> no, can... it's my turn now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, 
think of a good one and we'll uh we'll come back on and do this but uh you know what though i think otis would be a good one <laughs> this is on my list so this will be um we should that'll do it. Be, we, that'll be a good one. Yeah, actually, we should do Otis and uh, the Changeling. Um, oh, okay. Maybe kind of talk about both because I'm I'm really interested in seeing both of them, and uh, they're right here on my on the top of my pile oh, now to to go see. So. Oh, definitely. I think you will totally totally love them. Awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, Nadine, it's been awesome. You are awesome as as always, and. Uh, oh, so are you. I love hearing your charming voice. Oh wow! <laughs> Thanks. That's that's very uh, kind of you. <laughs> So it's a good oh, thing I like to talk. <laughs> so, so, okay, well, let's do this again, Nadine, and uh, you have a good night. Yeah, you have a good night, too. All right, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Chuckles by Tim Tobin. At 70 years old, I am tired and alone and desperately lonely. Over the years, there have been a few women. Nothing serious ever developed. How could I possibly explain that I am a convicted murderer, guilty as hell, and on the run? I am afraid of what old age will bring. Death, certainly, but sickness, and perhaps dementia as well. Who will care for me? Who will care at all? The question on my mind lately is, should I surrender? I would go to jail for the rest of my life, or maybe even be executed, but I would no longer be alone and so afraid. I ran on a whim. There was no plan or grand design. A deputy turned his head and I took off, penniless, with no identification and wearing an orange jumpsuit. That was 31 years ago. I'm still on the run, but at least I'm free. Sort of. Memories of the early days of my freedom are vague, but I stole and did worse to stay alive. One thing I had going for me was my trade as a carpenter. Early on, I hooked up with a handyman and learned his business, and to this day, that is how I get by. With no identification or social security number, cash is definitely king. I get paid in cash. I pay for absolutely everything in cash. I've never had a bank account, have never written a check, or used an ATM card. After a few years, I had enough money to buy an old clunker. Since then, I've moved up a bit and now drive a 10-year-old Jeep. With no driver's license, I drive very carefully. Generally, I've lived in rooms and cheap apartments, and, of course, I paid in cash. Fear brought me to the mountains of Wyoming. I now live in a shack I made myself in a remote section of a desolate mountain. The good news is that no one has any idea I am here. The bad news is that a hunter, camper, or hiker could discover me at any time. The one-room shack was built using trees from the forest. I have plenty of supplies to last the winter. My freezer is a box in the woods, stocked with meat kept frozen by the winter cold and ice. Canned fruit and vegetables make up the rest of my diet. Occasionally, I drive into the nearest town for supplies. Money is not a problem. I have money saved and hidden in the forest. There's a gas generator that I use from time to time, but mostly I depend on lanterns for light and my fireplace for heat. Rugged? You bet. Moving back into town is an option. My money would last me for a few years in a town. Up here, it will last forever. At 71, I can still fix almost anything, but my days on roofs are over. So that brings me back to the question of whether or not to surrender. Today it was cold, and it snowed a lot. Tonight, I have straight bourbon in hand, and am standing on the front stoop of my shack. Nothing more than a big rock, really. My clothes are warm, and the bourbon warms my insides. The forest starts about 20 or 30 yards from my front door, and becomes dense quickly. My jeep is snowbound at the moment, sitting next to the shack, 
I start it every day to keep the battery charged. That nearby town is not so near on foot. There are creatures in the forest, large and small. I've seen a couple of bears and the wolves howl someplace nearby. Tonight, the wind has drowned out the sounds of the forest. The view from the stoop is almost black, with large white flakes horizontal in the wind. Are there human souls in that black expanse? I wonder. Souls lost on the mountain, given up for dead by family and friends, perhaps? Souls that endlessly wander the mountain, searching for a way out? Nonsense, my head tells me. But my fear and my loneliness conjure up childish ideas. I find myself thinking of that night so long ago, thinking of the rage and the blood and of her screams. And I remember policemen and handcuffs and a courtroom with a jury of my peers. Guilty. Of course I was. Of course I am. What a relief it would be to walk into a police station, tell them my real name, and go to jail, where it is warm and there would at least be a guard to talk to. So, have I decided? No, not yet. But I am thinking about it, standing on my stoop in the blowing snow and drinking bourbon. Out near the edge of the forest, I catch a glimpse of white. Blowing snow? It must be. Nothing else would be out tonight. Unless it is a lost soul. Again, my head says nonsense. But there it is again. I look and I look, but my eyes won't focus on an object. Just a bit of white. Solid? Can't be. There are no white animals in the forest. A person? Ridiculous. A person would freeze in minutes. Am I drunk? On a single bourbon? A lost soul? Nonsense. I stare at the woods for a long time. The white does not reappear. Finally, I am cold and step inside. I toss another log on the fire and sit in my chair facing the window and look towards the forest. I don't think sleep will come easily tonight. Yes, I am afraid most of the time, but not of the dark. Not of a lost soul. Carefully, my eyes scan the darkness, but the only white I see is the blowing snow. I guess I fell asleep in my chair, because when I looked out the window, the snow had stopped, and the wind had lessened. A bright moon now lit the distance between the shack and the forest. My wristwatch read four o'clock. A wolf howled. A lost soul appeared and dissolved into the forest. My scream reminded me of then. When the sun came up, I dressed in my outdoor gear and walked towards the forest. What was I expecting? To see the lost soul again? Really? Footprints? After all that blowing snow? So I had seen an actual human being and not a lost soul? My head really wanted to believe that. Was a hunter lost? If so, why didn't he approach the shack? So my head told me, no, what I saw could not have been a person. Impossible. But so is a lost soul. Okay, I can say it. A ghost. Whatever it was, there was no sign of anyone or anything this morning. Weeks passed and no ghost appeared, and neither did a lost hunter. I had hiked the trail back to the access road and found no sign anyone had been there. My radio had no stories of anyone lost on the mountain, so it had been just my imagination. Thank goodness. That evening, I was foraging for firewood in the forest. I was about twenty yards in, but I could catch an occasional glimpse of my shack. And there it was again, white against the dark wood of the cabin. Damn! The trees were in my way and I could not get a good look. By the time I reached the edge of the woods, the white had dissolved into... what? Nothing. It was just gone. My load of wood was heavy and I stumbled trying to hurry home. I dropped the wood next to the stoop and looked for footprints. There were none. But there was blood. 
Jesus, a lot of blood on the stoop. The gray stone was red. The blood ran into the snow, turning it red also. The scream gurgled up in my throat, but somehow I stifled it. It had to be an injured or wounded animal. But there were no tracks, and there was no blowing snow to cover them this time. Stir-crazy, that's what it is. Being alone and afraid up here is driving me nuts. But I didn't feel nuts, however that would feel. But I decided to drive the jeep back to town. Impossible tonight. I would drive into a tree or off a cliff. The drive would have to wait until daylight. That meant another night in the chair, looking for the ghost. But the ghost did not come back that night. By the morning, the blood on the stoop had dried. At least the blood was real. It took me hours to dig out the jeep. During the day, the forest was alive and the sound spooked me. But there was no ghost. Finally, I was ready. I put some money in my pocket and picked up my shopping list and headed out to the jeep, half expecting to see the ghost behind the wheel. The jeep was empty. I carefully pulled the jeep onto the snowy trail through the woods towards the access road. I asked myself again whether I should surrender in town. No answer. The access road is about five miles from the shack. In truth, the access road is just a dirt trail made mostly by me. The access road eventually runs into a country road, and then down the mountain and into town. Under the best of circumstances, the drive is long and tiring. In the deep snow, it was formidable. Oh dear God, there it is again. White something against the trees. Swirling, shifting, disappearing, and reappearing. The jeep's brakes locked, and I slid into a tree. A chuckle? No, no, that just could not be. A ghost does not chuckle. My seatbelt saved me from injury, but the jeep was a mess. The airbag deployed, the front end crumpled, and the radiator hissed. Could a hiss be mistaken for a chuckle? So now I was stranded miles from home in the bitter cold and snow, and my only choice was to walk back to the cabin. I had started in the morning, so I had most of the day to get back. Before starting, I carefully looked at the woods, trying to see... something. The walk was exhausting. The snow was deep. I tried to walk in the jeep's ruts, but they quickly got covered by drifting snow. But I knew the direction, and plowed ahead with a determination born of desperation. If I failed to get back to the shack by nightfall, I would die out here. I'd walked for hours, not really looking ahead or behind. Slowly, I became aware of a presence next to me. I looked up to see the white dance away from me. Another chuckle. Then I heard my name. My real name, unspoken for 31 years. Spoken softly. A whisper, really. Who are you? I said almost to myself. Another chuckle, and the white was gone. There was a warmth where there should have been none. Between my legs. Oh, hell, I'd pissed myself. The fear now took charge, and I ran and ran until my legs cramped and my lungs froze. Can a ghost perform miracles? I was home. I burst through the door, and there was the white, floating on my chair and chuckling. I asked again, Who are you? The response, again, was my name. By now, panic had given way to acceptance. Either I was crazy, and so nothing else mattered, or the white was real, and nothing would ever matter again. The door to the shack closed behind me. A small white thing hovered near it. Then yet another small white thing drifted from the chimney and into the room. More chuckling. Me? I was laughing hysterically. And then the voice. A female voice called me by name and said to me that they would like to keep me company. Why, of course, I thought. Why not? Chuckling. The voice. Familiar, but not really. The voice screamed, and I knew that scream. My wife, as I killed her. Then the two small whites screamed. My children, as I killed them. 
My dead family was here. Why? Revenge? Why now, after so long? Do the dead sense passing of time? Maybe I'd killed them yesterday, or, or this morning. Oh God, I hope I'm hallucinating. Please let me be crazy, I pleaded. No, you're not crazy, said the voice of my wife. Maybe once, but not now. Your family is here, and we are going to keep you company. Jesus, she could still nag as a ghost. Slowly, the white of my wife shifted, and a shape began to emerge. My dead wife sat in front of me. The wife I murdered sat there, looking at me. There was a rustle behind me, and my children stood in my shack. Five and seven years old when I blew them up with a shotgun. Chuckles. Are you afraid? The voice asked me. Oh, yes, I replied. So was I, she said. The chuckle became a sob. My children were bleeding, lifeless lumps lying on the floor. Was that then or is it now? Memory and reality merged. Fear and rage became... What? Oblivion. My next clear thought occurred as I walked into the police station. Oh yes, I confessed. I begged and pleaded for the solitude of death row. Anything to get away from my dead family. But they were gone. Where? I spent time in a jail, and then in a prison. After months of court appearances and arguments over the death penalty, I was moved to death row. The two guards who led me to my cell were talkative, pleasant fellows. Waiting for me in my cell were three shimmering whites, a large one and two small ones. The guards were astounded when they had to drag me the last few yards to the cell. I was howling and dragging my feet. Please, no, no. Chuckles. You did what? You opened it, you stupid morons, you idiot. What's the matter with you, Frank? Have an hour we told you never even go near those goddamn tanks. Oh, man, what a show. This is, I don't know. It must have a full moon or something. It's still dark. It's early in the morning, and I'm, I'm recording this. And I don't know. It's just, just something different about this show. <laughs> it's, maybe it's the whole Halloween. We're getting closer to Halloween, and I don't know. I'm, I'm just so excited about going to that uh, the Erie Horror Film Festival. So maybe that's it. Maybe I'm in a different mood because of that. And I just want to get through my Friday here, do what I need to do, and then go enjoy movies for the whole weekend, which is going to be great. But, uh, you know, again, thank you to Nadine. Uh, man, fantastic. Blue Girl Films, and uh, the links will be up in the show notes to find out more about that. But I really appreciate her taking time to talk with me this week. And it's a shame she's not as big into White Zombie as I am, because I love White Zombie. I watch it several times a year. And, uh, yeah, actually watched it with my son. He wasn't even afraid of any of it at all. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, he would point out the zombies, like I said, and... Um, since then, I've shown him other, uh, you know, black and white movies, uh, other movies that I think are safe to show like a two-year-old. And um, the, the next one was, uh, I think, Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. Whatever one's on Netflix there where it's like the Wolfman, Dracula, Bela Lugosi, you know, plays uh, Dracula. Um, and there's, um, you know, what's his name? Lon Chaney Jr. plays the, the, the Wolfman. And then uh, somebody random, I think, plays uh, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. And uh, so we watched that one. Uh, he, he was a little afraid, I think, of the Wolfman. And uh, that was about it. I think he might have been a little spooked out by Dracula. but And, you know, maybe a little by Frankenstein. But uh, after that, we watched uh, Metropolis, 1925, which is one of my favorite all-time films. Love that movie. And uh, he was watching it, and he was freaked out, actually, by the robot and by the scientist guy. 
um, which they're both very freaky looking, and I don't blame them. Uh, that's just a freaky looking movie altogether, you know. It's the whole German expressionist kind of thing going on, and that's a lot of the reason why I love it. But uh, one of these times, I got to do like a real in depth Metropolis thing. I was introduced to that one in um, in college in uh, one of my film classes, and uh, I've loved it ever since. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, wow, wow. I'm rambling again, but like I said, it's a weird, weird week, and I don't know why. But uh, th- thank you all for listening. Of course, uh, if you want to leave some feedback for me, uh, you can leave some voicemail at 206-337-5096. And uh, you can email me, Corey at MidnightCorey.com, or contact me on the website, which is ElectricChairShow.com. You can also get in touch with me on Facebook and Twitter. The links are up on uh, my website. And uh, that's all I got for you. So uh, thanks once again for listening, and I will see you again next week.
The car and the car and the car. The memories you keep on. 